Hello and welcome to YAF Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast where I go through each Final Fantasy game, game by game, bit by bit, episode by episode, and record my thoughts about it. Today we'll be going through Final Fantasy 2, and this is episode 4, the mission to the to the snow cave with Joseph. I am going through a strategy wiki walkthrough and the strategy wiki walkthrough has all these different sections and missions. And so I'm trying to adhere to those as much as possible before, you know, and and not skip around as much and just enjoy it. The entire journey starts with talking to Princess Hilda and I think her father, the king. And we, when you talk to them, they tell you that, hey, you should go talk to Sid about airships and what vulnerabilities airships have. If you remember, the Dreadnought had just made its way across the kingdom, destroying all these different rebellion towns. It's just this massive, massive ship, and it's, I guess it's it's like the, I don't know, the, the terror of the land. Since you're part of the rebellion, or since I'm part of the rebellion, or the characters, however you want to put it, you want to find a, dif- a way to destroy the Dreadnought. So I went out to see Sid, made it all the way to Poft, and these are such funny town names, and I really want to look up the origins or the background of these, because I, I'm just enjoying it. I will say that getting the mission details is a little bit confusing. When you talk to both Hilda and the king, they just kind of mention about the the airship and they sideways mention Sid. I think that if I was playing this on my own without a guide, it would have been kind of confusing that I need to go see Sid. But luckily, he's a character that even if you're just wandering around the town, you probably want to go talk to anyways, and you'll probably want to talk to him. So, you, you know, talk to his underling so you can fly around or whatever. So there is a likelihood of accidentally stumbling upon him when you're not sure what to do. He will talk about Sunfire, which which is supposed to be like something that powers the airships and the dreadnought uses sunfire as well. I wonder what that is and I'm kind of interesting about interested in that. Once you find this information out, again we have to go back to Altair. I am getting a little bit just tired of constantly going back to Altair to speak to Hilda. It is a long trip and I don't want to take the the airship. I'm not in a financial position right now to afford that. I mean that trip costs like 700 gil and 700 gil is not easy money to get currently. I think I'm in a better situation now at the end of this mission, but at the beginning of this mission, yeah, nope. So you have to go back to Altair. When you talk, when you go to Altair and ask about Sunfire, Hilda will tell you about Kashuan and that the flame of Kashuan still burns in the Kashuan Keep. So it's like some kind of special flame. It reminds me of like the Olympic flame. I don't know if this is real life Olympics or Pokemon Olympics, but it's like in the Pokemon Olympics, this is such a weird comparison, but in the Pokemon Olympics, the or, or the, the Indigo League, I guess, they have one burning flame that they keep, you know, track of, and it's the flame of Moltres, and if they light other flames from it, because it's like very special for the for the games and whatever. So I'm guessing that's Sunfire is kind of a similar thing where you have like this some special flame, and again, conjecture to the highest degree. Yeah, so it's some kind of special flame that allows you the, the airships to work. Anyway, so Furian suggests that Sunfire can destroy the Dreadnought, and then you're basically asked to go get the go get the Sunfire, but before you can do that, you need, like, now that you know where it is and what it is and how to use it, you need to go get the Goddess Bell, which is some kind of special item, and it's it's the king that tells you this information. It's a special item, and I thought it was for transporting the, the flame, so I think that's, that's what it's for. I have gotten it at the end of this mission. That's kind of what the mission is. After that, you have to go see Joseph and speak to him in Salamand, because he will help you locate the Goddess Bell. Once you talk to him, he tells you that you need to get a 
Snowcraft because there is like a snowy section of the game. By the way, this is so cool that you have yet another like transportation mode that only works for a very short amount of time. So the same way you have the canoe to cross rivers and lakes, you now have this like ridiculous cool snowcraft that lets you sail. It looks like you can basically sail a small ship on the snow. I don't know. It was it's just really neat. I don't know what else to say about it other than it's just like really, really neat. Yeah, once you make it through the Semet Falls, it's in a like a hidden passage that Joseph knows. And by the way, Joseph joins your party, which is kind of interesting. You again, you're filling up that slot, but only for a little while. So once you make it across the snow plains, which are like north of Salamand, you can kind of see that uh, Salamand is kind of carved into these mountains. And on the other side of those mountains is uh, are the snow plains, but you have to go all around the mountain range to get there. In the middle of the snow plains, there's a snow cave which makes sense. A few things to talk about real quick before I get into the snow cave, just some of my impressions. The mission details are still really confusing. Like I can understand now why RPGs have so many mission markers and journals and quests journals and whatever, just to like keep track of the important information so you know what you're supposed to be following. Because I feel like talking to Hilda, she talks, she says one thing about Sid, but it's not really clear that this is your mission. I would have probably just, if I had not read this guide, I would have probably wandered around. I probably would have gone back to Finn just to see what's going on there. I probably would have talked to the princess like five times and not realized that her mentioning Sid is a quest because it's just... I figure that she just knows Sid because he flies the airships around here or something. The next thing to talk about is Joseph. Joseph is a monk-like character from like the Final Fantasy one. He's bold <laughs> and he he's very strong unarmed, like really, really strong. You kind of encounter, it's like this weird phenomenon that you are technically leveling up only three of your characters. Uh, the, the guide and I guess even experience at this point kind of guides you to make sure Firian, Maria and Guy fit their classes and they have, they level up as much as possible and use these very specific skills to level up specific skills that they need. And then you have this fourth character that you just don't care about whatsoever. And usually the character is strong enough on their own that you don't need to care, which I find really fascinating. I think I'm actually under leveled in this game, as opposed to the last game where I was constantly overleveled. When I look at the the wiki and when I talk, talk, not talk, when I read about some of the tips and everything, most of the characters and most of the players are way further along than I am in terms of their character level. Like Maria still has about 35 MP, which is ridiculously low. And I see some of these, some of these playthroughs have a hundred MP and it's not an issue. So I'm wondering if I need to spend more time grinding. I also don't want to because it's been marginally hard enough that I'm enjoying it a little bit more than I did like the end of the first Final Fantasy game where I was just ridiculously overleveled because I was grinding so much. One thing that is also kind of frustrating at this point is that I am leveling up Maria's spells. So Fire, Thunder, and Blizzard are like really powerful at this point. At least they feel really powerful. But the more powerful they are, the more MP they take. And one thing that I did in Final Fantasy 1 to manage my MP was using the lower level versions of spells to preserve MP. And I did the same thing in Chrono Trigger. And I I know Chrono Trigger, I keep mentioning it. But it's the same, same thing in Chrono Trigger where you would use... You know, fire instead of fire two, which fire two was like a area effect, or you wouldn't use, you know, these special high MP attacks. But now if I want to target six goblins and I just want to get rid of them real quick, I have to decide between not using Maria for any magic or using like 10 MP or like five MP to fire off whatever powerful spell on all of them, because I don't have a lower level version of that spell. And 
I was thinking about what if I keep buying tomes and see if I can like relearn that spell somehow or whatever. But even if I did that, I would still face the same issue of constantly leveling up that spell. It's a, upgrading spells is basically a penalty uh, of being more expensive. And it feels crappy because you have like a more powerful mage. You should be able to do low level magic without it being taxing on you, which MP to me is like fatigue of magic, right? Like the, the energy of magic. Doing a fire spell that is barely strong enough to kill off goblins should be something you can do instead of having this OP spell that destroys everything in front of it, right? And I taught Guy fire in the last episode, I think, or maybe the episode before that. And Guy, I'm, I've been using fire with him in those instances. I'm like, all right, let me just use his fire so that I can get rid of all the enemies and don't have to waste my MP. Now his fire is like level three and I'm starting to, it's starting to power creep again. And I'm going to have to probably teach fairy and fire so I can get rid of these low level enemies without wasting my MP and my time. All right, off my soapbox. So the snow cave is a multi-level cave. The caves in Final Fantasy 2 are longer, but less involved. So I feel like I encounter less enemies per floor, but there are more floors. It's a little bit intimidating that there's so many floors. There are some fun enemies, I guess, grenades that self-destruct in the middle of the battle, which again, if you use fire, you just fire on all of them and destroy them in one fell swoop because they don't have a lot of HP, at least in my opinion. And you just keep continuing down the down the stairs there is this one there are a couple of rooms where if you walk in there it puts you in the middle of the room and it's kind of like a grind room where every step you take or every couple of steps that you take you run into a monster so you encounter at least one monster on your way out of that room the second you step in it teleports you into the middle of it that's kind of fun that's kind of interesting and kind of fun let's see and you know as i was battling through all these different characters and getting all the way to the bottom of the cave to collect the goddess bell or i guess i was uh fighting against who was i even fighting against. I think it was a Adamantoise, Adamantoise, which was like a reptile. And so you cast Blizzard a couple times and you're good to go. There was an item, one item that you find in a chest that allows you to fire off like a high level Blizzard spell by any character that even if they don't yield magic, um, it's a one-time use. So I found that interesting and I'm wondering if the casting items are going to come back where I have like a helm that can constantly cast heal no matter what character uses it. I, I'm looking forward to finding out about that. So I've been finding out, I've been finding that the knight is a lot more balanced knight. Furious is a lot more balanced character than Knight in the previous game. I thought it was going to be my powerhouse the same way the Knight Warrior was my powerhouse in Final Fantasy 1. But Firion turns out is, you know, he does medium damage. Guy does a ton of damage, has a ton of HP, but Firion can hold a shield. So I find that Firion loses health very, very slowly and is more of like a long-term character, like a stall character almost. Like he'll always be alive, basically. Guy is like this cannon, but like a very well-fortified cannon, but a bad defense, I guess, because he doesn't have a shield. So I'm finding out these really interesting, fun things about these characters. And at the end of the game, you are at the end of the cave after you defeat Adam Antoise and collect the bell, you make your way to the first floor through a secret staircase, which is, again, fun that all these games have like a quick get out of the cave uh, mechanism. <laughs> I would have hated having to go through the six floors and hoping I don't die or having to, I guess I would have exit. Maybe, I don't know if I have exit. Yeah. So once you make it there, you before you leave, you make it to, I guess, another like long staircase and you meet Borgen. Borgen, I think, is like the... the I, I, I keep forgetting what that character actually does, but he's with the Empire. Let me look up what that who that character even is. This, is. this sounds so dumb that I don't remember, but I just... I thought he was... 
I thought he had to do with the dreadnought. Let's see. Short chubby man, blah, blah, blah. Personality. Nope. Story. Once uh, Borgen once served Kashwan as one of the nobility, having been referred to blah, blah, blah. Okay, so he was the one who helped the Empire take over Finn. He was the one to abduct Joseph's daughter, Nellie. And then Borgen is the one who heads the construction of Dreadnought. So he's like the bad guy for now. And after the Dreadnought... Okay, yeah. And so when you fight against Borgen, he's, again, not really that difficult to defeat, but more difficult than the bosses in Final Fantasy 1. So I've been enjoying that. So after his defeat and, you know, you basically, you're on your way to kill him, he opens like a trap door and a huge boulder falls out like Indiana Jones style. And before it kills you, Joseph runs out, stops the boulder and tells you, you need to go. Like, I will sit, I will save you. I'll sacrifice myself. And the boulder rolls over Joseph, but you get saved and Joseph dies. I believe that Borgen didn't actually die in the end. Um, I think he, maybe he did. I think he did. Okay, I think he did. I'm having a hard time remembering because it, in a lot of these games, there's like this surprise, like, oh, I'm not actually dead. It's really sad, though. I wasn't expecting Joseph's death. I didn't really like him at the beginning because of how short he was. But like when you short, he was with me. But when I saved Nelly, obviously, he like warmed up to my characters. But Joseph died. And then you have to go back and you can talk to his daughter. And his daughter will tell you that, you know, she will give you her, her reaction. And then you find out that everybody in the town is mourning Joseph. It is really, really sad. And I'm in a way wondering if this mourning is going to like persist. If this is going to be every time I visit Salaman. Eventually you make your way back to Altair because that's where you always go at the end of every mission, right? So when you make it back to Altair, Hilda, and Hilda will say her thing about Joseph's death and... Then she'll go ahead and tell you, hey, you need to make it to Kashwan. But I don't think she actually tells you where Kashwan is. Neither does the king, except, hey, you need to go to Kashwan. Based on the map that I've explored so far, I think Ashwan is all the way to the east, east of Bafsk. It would kind of make sense to me. So I'm going to, I started exploring that area. But yeah, that's kind of the, that's kind of it for the game. Uh, a few things that I want to talk about, you know, I, I talked about the Indiana Jones moment, about Joseph and everything having to do with him. But I wanted to mention that I find that this game is a lot more steampunk than the last one. You know, you have that airship, but you also now have like the Snowcraft and you have, you have the Dreadnought, right? Like the Dreadnought being like the this huge metal airship that screams steampunk everywhere and so that's kind of an interesting thing that they did i wonder what inspired them to make it more steampunky the the first one definitely wasn't and if you kind of watch play through the other games at least the games that i've played it becomes something punk every single time it's like steampunk final fantasy 7 is like diesel punk i think that's what they call it um it's like that oily dirty yeah diesel punk and then you have like final fantasy 10 and 13 which is kind of like this fantasy mixed with uh i don't even know what well when we get to it maybe i'll i'll explore it a little bit more outside of that you know there's i'm, I'm looking forward to what the next chapter is going to be i see that the story is a lot more profound than Final fantasy one you have people that they you reuse through missions which i always find like a you know it ties you more into it that you have to go to sit several times or that you have to go to joseph like three to three different times to talk to him about different things just wondering you know i like the recurring characters i still don't like the head headquarters set up i don't like having to go back to altair the guide says that you don't have to go back to altair for a lot of things and tells you hey why don't you just head straight to kashuan but the thing is if you don't go to kashuan if you go to if you 
don't know that you can just go straight to Kashuan, your first instinct is going to be go to to go to Altair, and then Altair you do have like a you know quote unquote cutscene, but you have a you have a you have a discussion with Hilda about Joseph and and then about Kashuan. So it's it's not so straightforward. It's an interesting setup. Anyway, I hope I enjoyed the next episode as much. A few interesting or few notes about this podcast uh, at the at the time that this podcast was recorded, I had just released the first episode of the first season. So just to give you kind of an idea of the timing, and I'm sure I'll do like an intro outro on those as well. It's actually not out on Apple Podcast yet, but by this time it should be. Please like leave a rating or review on whatever podcast app that you use and follow us. I actually have a Twitter now. It's uh, and I'm sure it was actually mentioned in some of the pre-recorded outros, but I think it's twitter.com slash yaf podcast. So that's Y-A-F-F podcast. And I'll be posting new episodes there and hopefully trying to interact with people a little bit and just, I don't know, have fun. Thanks for listening and see you next time.